0: Welcome back to The Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We've been working our way for some time now through the letter that we know as 1 Peter, and we've made our way to the last few verses. The last three verses are uh, Peter's greetings, and so we're going to deal with those today. But before we get there, we have verses 10 and 11 which help us, he kind of brings together a lot of what he has been saying and reminding us of and, and reminds us again where our hope is found. So, let me pray for us, and then we will jump right into these verses. Father, we thank you for the reminders that you were the one who will strengthen us. We thank you for the reminders that we've been called in Christ, that it is his blood, and it is his work that speaks the truest word about us and not our lives in this world. We pray, Father, that you would help us by your spirit to stand strong in the gospel, even in the face of suffering. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Peter writes these words beginning in verse 10 of chapter 5. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever. In verses 10 and 11, we have this incredible statement that really, in some ways, you can think of as a summary both of the Christian life and the Christian future, and as a summary of what Peter has been writing in this letter. The first clause, after you have suffered for a little while, reminds us that suffering in this life for the Christian is the norm. Now, I realize that being told, hey, suffering is the norm, that that's not necessarily the most encouraging thing, unless you're honest enough to admit that your Christian life has come with suffering. And if we're honest enough to admit when we admit that, that at times that has caused us to wonder, does God love me? Here, this kind of helps us process all of those things. It's not that suffering is an indication that God doesn't love us. Rather, suffering is a normal part of the Christian life. Otherwise, Peter couldn't write what he's writing here. After you have suffered for a little while, this is what's going to happen. So we need to learn to expect that reality. The the whole letter that we've read, that we've been working through for the last several weeks, has taught us to expect that reality. It has taught us to to think about the the reality of suffering in the Christian life and the fact that suffering in this life doesn't indicate anything about our standing with God. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. It doesn't mean that we're not blessed of God. In fact, just the opposite. What we have seen again and again is that our suffering in this life is filling up the sufferings of Christ, that Christ himself suffered and set an example for us both in suffering and in how we respond to suffering. So suffering in this life doesn't need to cause us to despair of the hope of the gospel. Peter says that, yes, you will suffer for a little while, but when that has passed the God of all grace is going to do something. Remember, he is the sovereign. He is the one who is in control. It's so easy in the face of suffering to forget that and to think that some other force or some other power is in control in our lives. But that's not the case. We will suffer, even as Christ did, And then the God of all grace, the God who deals with us according to his grace, according to his steadfast love, according to his mercy, the God who has caused us to be born again to a living hope, that God who has called us to his eternal glory, past tense, this is something that he has done, and so we suffer knowing. That eternal glory, the eternal glory of God that we have been called to in Christ Jesus, that that lays ahead of us. And that our suffering in this life doesn't undo that. It doesn't deny that reality. So this God of all grace, the one who has called us into his glory in Christ Jesus, who gave his life for us, he himself will restore us he will confirm us he will strengthen he will strengthen us he will establish us that's the hope that we have that god is yet going to act for his people to establish us in his eternal glory we see this idea Throughout the book of Revelation, where we're reminded that there will come a day when there is no more sickness, when there is no more death, when every tear will be wiped from our eye, when all will be set right once again, and sin will finally and fully be dealt with, and we'll live in the victory of our savior forever he will establish us in that all of these words that are used here and they're translated different ways and in, in different english translations restore confirm strengthen establish all of these words that are that are used here kind of drive us to this point of stability they 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 drive us to this point of of being set firm in something that that it's it's it It's going to be final. It's going to be determined. It's not going to be tenuous any longer. And this is what God is going to do for us. This is where things are going for the Christian. This is where things are going for you if you are in Christ Jesus. And so this teaches us to hold fast to Christ even in the midst of suffering. It teaches us to cling to the gospel as our hope and to put off looking at at, at whatever we think might be indicators of our standing with God in this life, but to fix our eyes solely on Jesus Christ because it's in him that we've been called and it's in him that we will be established then Peter at the end of verse 11 offers this benediction, this blessing or this doxology to him be the dominion forever and ever. The word dominion there, kratos in the Greek is the word for power or might. And I love that that he uses that rather than, you know, doxay to him be the glory forever and ever because it reminds us once again, even in this blessing of God, it reminds us even in this doxology that it is God who has the power. It is God who is the mighty one. It is God who has dominion over his creatures. It is God who is the sovereign. Who is determining the beginning from the end, who is setting our path before us. And so, even in how Peter begins to wrap up his letter, we're reminded that we serve the one who is the authority. We serve the one who is in control, who has the power. And however we look at this life, it has to be through that lens. We don't look at what we face in this life through a lens of wondering, does God have me or has he lost control? We look at our life through this lens that he is the one who has the power. He is the one who is mighty. He is the one who has dominion over all of creation. He is the one who is working out his will for his glory and our good. Then in verses 12 through 14, Peter gives his final greetings. Sylvanus helped him write this letter. And he gives us one more time, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. What I have laid out, Peter is saying, what I have told you about how you relate to God in Christ Jesus, what Christ has done for you, how you are to process your suffering in this life, how you are to continue to entrust yourself to him, this is the true grace of God. And so he calls us once again, stand firm in that. In all that I have laid out, stand firm in it. So let's go back to where we began to be reminded once again of what it is that we are to stand firm in. All the way back in chapter 1, verse 3, we read these words, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. That's the hope in which we stand. That's the grace in which we stand. That's what we're to stand firm in. Those gospel truths about God and his grace toward us, even in the face of suffering. Might we learn to do that all together? keeping our eyes fixed on Christ, resting in his grace. Amen.